1: or 50 in them.
0: That's 10 20 or 50 dollars and a New Jersey church is offering that money to its parishioners this Sunday. All they have to do is show up.
1: People reach into the collection plate and take one out. On A typical Sunday we receive an offering and receive generally 30,000 dollars in cash and this Sunday we're actually doing a reverse offering. We're giving it away putting it back in the hands of the people and Jesus says I want you to picture this.
0: Tim Lucas is the lead pastor at the Liquid Church. It's a contemporary Christian church that rather, in an actual church, holds Sunday services in three different New Jersey locations, like the Morristown Hyatt.
1: Every dollar bill we have in our economy says in God we trust.
0: And now he's trusting his congregants, about 2,000 of them, to do the right thing with the cash they get on Sunday. He'd like to see it go back into the community.
1: Maybe it's a single mom who needs it to pay for gas money or pay a babysitter or they can use it to help uh, a neighbor buy ingredients, make a meal, just help someone who's in need, or they're gonna help bring it back and so we can renovate a homeless shelter.
0: He believes God, not government, will solve our country's financial crisis and this giveaway is a step toward making that happen.
1: All right, well, welcome everybody. Liquid, good to see you guys, all right. Good to see you, glad you're here. I just can't understand why so many people came to church last week. I have just no idea. I'm baffled. In fact, I see some of you came back. Uh, This has been quite a week on on Thursday when a neighbor said, Hey, I saw your church on CNN and Fox News. And we were like, okay, this thing is starting to go viral. Um, If you're just joining us, you need to know we're conducting an economic experiment of sorts. It's really interesting. Last week, we did something unprecedented in the history of our church. Instead of taking an offering to pay our church's bills... We gave away the offering to everybody in attendance to invest in serving their community. We called that reverse offering, and this is a first because on a typical Sunday, generous people like you give approximately $30,000 in cash in those offering buckets. But last week, we sent it back out. Over 2,000 people reached into the bucket and pulled out an envelope like this containing a 10 20 or $50 bill. Now, I just need to say, that ain't happening this week. All right? That's just not, I just need to let you know. If you missed church last Sunday, lesson learned, man. That's what happens when you skip church, all right? That's your, that's your deal, okay? But now, I, I want to be clear about this, because you need to know, we didn't do this as like a bribe, you know, so like people come to church. We didn't do this as, it's not a spiritual bailout. It's like a $20 bill. It's not going to magically transform somebody's life. But we're doing this as a spiritual test, of our faith, because every dollar that you and I have is printed with the words, in God we what? Trust. Trust. Exactly. But do we really believe that? Because with the economy stalled, people unemployed, homes underwater, jobs hard to come by, more and more people have been looking to government, not God, for the solution. But we said, you know what? We're not going to wait on Washington. Instead, we're going to take a step of faith, because we honestly don't believe our government is the source of recovery, but that our God is. Amen. In God we trust. Everything we have is his, including the money you hold in your hands. And that shocked some people. The news media was very skeptical. One reporter was like, what's really behind this? There's got to be some strings attached. And we said, no, we're doing this because we genuinely trust God. When people give to this church, we really believe this isn't our money. This is God's money. Not only that, we believe the reverse is true. That God trusts you. It's not just that we trust God, but when you trust Jesus Christ, the Father trusts you, and that's why he brings wealth into any of our lives. It's not to expand our own kingdom, but to build his, and that is your assignment. No matter what you receive, 10, 20, 50, whatever, we have a simple guideline. Over the next three weeks, that you use this money to help somebody in need in a way that somehow shows God's love. Because there are people in need all around us, you know, families, Um, that are really hurting, communities that are kind of collapsing, and neighbors who just need to know that God sees their struggle and that he actually cares. Now I gave a few examples of ways that you can invest this. Maybe it's you. Maybe uh, you're the single mom who got the $50 and you're using that to fill your tank with gas this week or pay for a babysitter so you can get to work. That's God's gift to you. He sees your situation. No strings attached. We are so thankful that you're here. He cares. Second way, though, would be to say, you no, it's not for me. I'm going to use this to serve a neighbor in need. Maybe you have a neighbor who was flooded out by Hurricane Irene, and you add a little bit of your own money with what God gave you and help them, you know, recarpet their living room or something or, 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 or bake them a meal, and you take it over. The third option is for you to actually take this money and multiply it, to use your creativity and your compassion to basically double down on the master's money, like Jesus talked about in Matthew 25, and then return it in this envelope By October 16th, the idea there is we're going to donate that to three incredible community projects, including renovating a homeless shelter, feeding the homeless in Patterson, and serving our neighbors in Manville. I'll give you a great example of this, actually. A young man uh, who who last week um, got this. His name is Bruce Trowbridge. He's from Caldwell, and he's a long-distance runner, and um, he's actually, he, he got $10 and so he set up a website. It's uh, New Jersey, uh, it's Irene Relief Run New Jersey dot com. Okay, so he sets up a little website. But what he's going to do in the next fourteen days is he is going up to Burlington, Vermont, where the flooding from Irene was catastrophic. And he's going to run all the way from Burlington down to Morristown, New Jersey. Three hundred and twenty eight miles in fourteen days. That's amazing. And he's doing this, and he's inviting his family and friends to sponsor him, okay, as he runs to donate. And then he's going to donate that to help renovate the mission that was ruining the flooding. That's a spiritual entrepreneur. Can we hear it for Bruce? That's the spirit of things, okay? It's exciting when you, when you have the compassion, but then you use your own creativity, okay? That's, he's doubling down uh, with his master's money. Because after October 16th, what we're going to do is invest an additional 60000 dollars into our communities to serve the urban poor and the homeless this fall so there are all sorts of ways for you to invest god's money pray about it talk with your life group about it the only failure is a failure to dream big and see the need all around you it's funny because uh, this week one of the reporters asked they said so are you a rich church (laughs) and i said no we're not a rich church we don't own a building have you noticed uh we don't hold a mortgage um we're not rich but we're trying to teach our people to be rich in good deeds. And I think they were shocked because this is a sacrifice. Um, we're only able to do this because people like you are generous and believe in the vision that the vision isn't about church being a building. It's about building people up. Amen. That's the whole goal, but it got me thinking. And you know what? In some ways we do want to be a rich church. In fact, did you know that, that God wants you to be rich? There, I said it. In fact, God commands it in scripture and some of you right now the alarms are going off you're like oh I knew it this is where liquid jumps the shark (laughs) here comes the health and wealth prosperity gospel God wants you to be rich get your Mercedes and that's not what I'm talking I'm not going to go on you listen to me the Bible commands us to be rich in other words there's a big difference between how to get rich which is what the world talks about and being rich which is what scripture commands I want to show you what I'm talking about this Part of our inspiration for the series came from 1 Timothy chapter 6, where Paul is writing to a young pastor named Tim, and he tells him to lead the people of his church this way. He says this, he says, command them to do good into, what's the words here? Let's read it. To be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In other words, there it is, God wants you to be rich. I can't believe I just said that, okay? Those words are coming out of my mouth, but here it is in Scripture. God commands us to be rich, yeah, but in what? In, let's say it together, good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Notice he says the word command, it's an imperative. You need to be rich. And the idea is that anytime that God brings wealth or unexpected money into our lives, it's not so we can spend it on ourselves, but we can serve others who are in need of our help. God's put you in their life for a reason. So, Scripture, God says, I command you, be rich, bing, be generous, willing to share. Guys, this is the core of what it means to be a Christian. I realize that word Christian, by the way, has like totally lost its meaning. A lot of garbage and political baggage has been kind of attached to that. But being a Christian simply means you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Because what did Christ do for you? You know what scripture says? It says, out of love, he became poor so that you might become what? Rich. Think about this for a minute. On the cross, Jesus did what? He canceled our debt of sin. It's economic language. The gospel is all about Jesus giving, sacrificing his life to pay our debt to God, to set us free, to restore our relationship with our heavenly father. And here's the truth. Your heavenly father is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's the good news. So the gospel is first spiritual news. You can have a fresh start with God through faith in his son Jesus. But then it becomes very practical. It has implications for how we live every area of our life, ethically, relationally, sexually, economically, the list goes on. Once you put your trust in God, there's no area of your life that Christ doesn't lay claim to. And that includes our finances, what we have. The home we live in, the car we drive, the bob we, you know, the money we spend, the money we save, it's all God's. He's our provider, and he wants us to be rich with what he has generously lavished on us. Think about that. God wants you to be rich, especially in a time of crisis. That's why the world is watching us, by the way. They are fascinated by what you guys are doing, because in a moment of economic uncertainty, when money is tight, the economy is wobbly, people are afraid. You know what most people do? They tighten their grip on their stuff. They hold fast to what they have. They say, I'm not, I'm not helping anybody. I'm watching out for me because if I, if I don't watch out for me, who's? We're trying to model the opposite. We're trying to say, ah, for this moment of crisis, we want to be open-handed, generous, willing to share with our neighbors in need because we trust God. As a church, we're taking First Timothy literally and trying to be rich to a world that is afraid and paralyzed. So understand this. Our government may be broke but our God isn't. Amen? Washington may be paralyzed, but God's people are going to be proactive. We're going to be rich. So start acting like rich people. Sit up. Go ahead. Take a deep breath. I'd be rich. Okay, (laughs) right now. You got it. You have, think about this. You have eternal life. You have your salvation, your security. It's liberating because that means now you're playing with house money, baby. This ain't yours. This is daddy's money. So let's take his investment advice here in 1 Timothy. I want you to show you this. If you want to turn to 1 Timothy 6, it's funny because Paul starts verse 17. He writes this. He says, command those who are what? Rich in this present world. And I'll just stop right there because some of you are like, well, he ain't talking to me. <laughs> That's good because I ain't rich. I mean, quick survey right now. If I said, raise your hand if you're rich right now, please. All our campuses, just raise your hand. You're rich. You're loaded. Okay, no hands, no surprise, right? You don't want people staring at you or judging you. And, and the reality is, yeah, compared to the rest of the world, we may be materially rich. But few of us feel rich living where we do, true? I will never forget when my daughter, Chase, came home from a play date with, uh, with one of her friends. And uh, she lived in, candidly, the, the, the friend lived in a rich neighborhood in town. And so I picked, went to pick my daughter up from, from it was like a, one of those big homes, like an estate size homes. It's the kind, I know, I, and I knew they were rich. You know how I knew? Because when I went up and I rang the doorbell, it was one of those doorbells that goes, bong, 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 bong. <laughs> bong, 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 bong bong, 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 <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, that's when you know you're at a rich person's house, and it was funny, I picked my daughter up, she gets in the car, we're driving home, and she's sitting in the back seat, and I look in the rear view, and she goes, hey, daddy, I have a question, yeah, what is it, sweetheart, are we rich, yeah, every parent has had this moment at some point, point. and you know what you want to say, you're like, well, I know compared to the rest of the world, but you don't want to just go, yeah, we're rich, you want to teach your kids like it's a relative term, so I'm like, well, Chase, you know, it depends what you mean by rich, and so I, 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 I don't know why I did this, she's like six years old, but I, I, I'd read this Gallup poll in the newspaper. It's fascinating. They asked a cross-section of Americans, what's rich? And this was fascinating. People who were earning $30,000 or less, guess what they said was rich? People earning $70,000. That was rich to them. People who earned between seventy dollars and $80,000, what do you think they said was rich? $120,000. People at $120,000, what do you think they said was rich? And it went on and on and on. And it was amazing because people who were earning $250,000, it was like, what's rich? And they said, you have to have at least a million dollars in this country. And people who had a million dollars, this was great. Do you know what they said? If you have $5 million in the bank and are earning $200,000 interest a year, then I'm rich. The point is, rich is a moving target. It's a completely relative term. In other words, there's always someone ahead of you. The more you have, the more you need. It just kind of escalates. And I say this to my six-year-old. <laughs> I was pretty proud of my answer. I was like, this is a teachable moment. <laughs> but it's great because my daughter's sitting in the back seat, and she goes, Daddy, you didn't answer my question. Are we rich? <laughs> and I was flustered. I was like, you know, why, why do you ask? You know, because your friend has, you know, has a big house. And she says, no, I like our house. It's just that the car, the, the house for his car is so big. I said, and I was like, what? She goes, the house for our car is smaller than the house for his cars. And I realize she's talking about his three-car garage compared to the, the, you know, the shanty garage we have for ours, but that she actually sees it as a house. We have a house for an inanimate object that's going to end up in the junk pile. Now, catch this, six years old at the time, through her child's eyes, she caught it. We're rich. And she'd said, well, I really, I, ri- I wish we were rich. And that's where I was just like, I'd like <laughs> I go, Chase, you gotta understand something. And I couldn't get it out because I like, choked on it. I was just like, We live in Oz, <laughs> and we are rich. <laughs> and she goes, Really? I go, Yes. I'm like, compared to the rest of the world, honey, we live in la-la land. We are in the top, like, 1% of the world's wealthiest people in the tri-state area. Statistically, that's just true. I understand we don't feel like it. But yes, sweetheart, we have a, big ho- we have a house for our car. We are rich. And I saw her and I said, she goes, hmm, I'm rich. I just go, don't tell anybody at school. <laughs> you know, I you know? you like her going to school. We're rich kind of thing. It's weird to admit that. Doesn't that feel weird? that you and I are rich. In fact, do this right now. See how weird it feels. Turn to your neighbor and say, guess what? I'm rich. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor. Go ahead. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Doesn't that feel weird? Some <laughs> Did you just notice all our campuses, nobody jumped out of their seat going, woohoo! I can't believe it. I just found out I'm rich. <laughs> That's amazing. I came to church. I had no idea. But now I'm rich. None of you said that. Because rich is a relative term when you look around and you see so many people have so much more. Bill Gates, Bill Gates is giving away half his billion dollar fortune. It's incredible. He was visiting Africa on one of his foundations like health initiatives. And he visited this woman in a hut in Somalia with six children, talked to her and the kids about like mosquito netting. And afterward, a reporter went up to the woman and she said, do you know who that man was? Do you know who that was you were just talking to? That's the richest man in the world. And she said, everyone from America is the richest person in the world. See, rich is a relative term. If I pulled two people out of this crowd and said, Tom earns a 5 million, but Janet earns 10 million, what would you say? You'd be like, whatever. It's so far out of your league. You're like, how rich is truly rich? So the first thing Paul says is, command those who are rich in this present world not to be What? arrogant. How did Paul know? <laughs> or to put their hope in wealth, which is, what's the word? So uncertain. Have we seen a little bit of that uncertainty over the last two years, Liquid Church? I will never forget during the, uh, the banking crisis. It's been amazing to watch. I, I, when it was announced that the stock markets had lost a um, trillion dollars. Can you throw that on the screen? Because when we saw this, the, you know, the, the, the tr- market turbulence, the zero job creation, when we had first had that economic meltdown, I remember hearing the stock market laws losing a trillion dollars of value. I was like I, like, I don't know how you lose a trillion dollars. I'm like, I've like, lo- left my wallet behind in places, like 10 bucks. Like I, lost, I lost a five. I don't under the gym. I, a tr- how do you lose a trillion dollars? The, the one gift this recession has taught us is humility. Yeah? It is a wake-up call. That wealth, while a gift is never a guarantee. That's why Paul counsels, he says, don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put your hope in who? In God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. See, guys, when crisis strikes, this is the truth, or we're suddenly stripped of some of our stuff or our savings, it has a way of revealing what we're truly trusting in. We say in God we trust, but are we trusting the God who richly provides us with everything we need or are we trusting in our stuff? Because God's eternal, but our lives on Earth are a lot more temporary and fragile than you or I care to have met. We saw this recently with Hurricane Irene. The devastating floodwaters that destroyed homes across New Jersey, displaced families. One family in this church, Matt and Bethany Seitzma, were hit particularly hard. Um, they are part of our New Brunswick campus. What up, New Brunswick? Uh, they lived in Manville, New Jersey, and uh, with their baby girl Eden, beautiful little girl. And when the floodwaters came, the sightsemen had to quickly decide what was most important to them. This is their story.
2: is Matthew Seitzma. this is my wife Bethany and our seven-week-old baby Eden. And we've been going to Liquid for a little over two years now.
0: This is not the first time that we've been flooded. After a year of living here, um, we had our first flood and that was in April of 2007. And I was so excited by the prospect that we could actually renovate our home and make it our dream home. And the thing that's so ironic is that here we sit in this dream kitchen of ours, four years later, um, and it's back to studs again.
2: Unfortunately, we were hoping that that was going to be a a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence, but now, four years later, we're in the same predicament again.
0: When we talked about wanting to start a family, one of Matthew's concerns really was, do we want to have a baby in a floodplain? And I, of course, was like, I don't know what you're talking about. We had that flood. Our house is beautiful. God's not going to give us another one. We should just go ahead and start a family. Little did we know (laughs) that three weeks after her birth, um, we would be flooded.
2: Once we first came back after Hurricane Irene, I wasn't sure what I was going to see. And once I came in, I noticed it was about four feet on the first floor of the house. I was curious to see how the church's reaction was going to be. I wasn't sure if the church was a church that just built wells in Africa and didn't care about the local congregation. Like, you know, was I going to get lost in the masses? And within 12 hours, there was a group of people here from the church with, with sludge hammers, hammers, water, food, a heart to serve. And within five hours, the house was gutted and cleaned.
0: Everyone was incredibly, incredibly excited to be helping my neighbors. And I think that of the whole experience, that has meant the most to us. Having spoken to some of my neighbors, I realized just how much it meant to them to have everybody here. We're just so excited at the thought that now we can spread that beyond just our block, beyond just our immediate neighbors, but in this whole area, people can feel that same kind of love that our neighbors felt that day, that needs of theirs can be met, and can be met by people here at Liquid.
1: Incredible, isn't it? I mean, Matt and Bethany are amazing people, and their little girl, Eden, is a gem. Pastor Mike invited me to come down and uh, visit, I will never, I will never forget that scene, because it was like, it was literally like they bombed the city. There was, there was nothing left. People's just all at once. One guy had their next door neighbor across the street, the guy had ten thousand, thousands and thousands of dollars of sports memorabilia collection all gone. It's all washed away. Everything he was collecting. The most telling one was a large screen TV <laughs> sitting on the curb. This sucks. Five times too many. FEMA, we want a buyout. And those pictures, that, those visuals, are literally just A vivid illustration of Paul's counsel. He says, "Don't put your trust in wealth, which is so uncertain." In other words, it's here today, the Best Buy TV, and tomorrow it's on the curb. Proverbs twenty-three five puts it this way: This is a chilling verse. It says, "Cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and what? Fly off to the sky like an eagle." I I looked at that, I looked at that television, all this stuff sitting sitting piles and piles, street after street, just all this stuff. And you know what, I just need to puncture this for a minute. You don't need to have a pity party for Manville, because reality is, this is going to happen to every single one of us. All our stuff, at some point, everything you own, everything I own is going to be sitting on the curb. Your house, your garage, your couch, your TV, your car, it is destined for the junk pile eternally. It's all going to burn. There's your encouraging moment for the day. Look at that. Just bringing up the cheer. It has a sobering effect, doesn't it? I was talking to Matt and Bethany, and when the flood came, they had to quickly decide what was important to them. You know what they did? They chose richly. Bethany said, Tim, I I have a beautiful baby. I have a husband who loves me we have faith in god we have a church family everything else is just stuff right yeah and what's most remarkable was that within 24 hours they began turning their eyes from their inside pain what happened to them and looked outward and said how can we now serve our neighbors who lost even more incredible people now you tell me who's rich matt and bethany Seitzma are rich people And this is the exciting part, folks, because the challenge Paul is giving to Christ followers, to you and me, is to look outward to our neighbors in need and demonstrate what it means to be rich in Christ. In other words, it's not about the money. You know that song, it's not about the money, money. It's about the heart. Where are you investing your time and your talents I mean, when you see stuff like this, do you simply say, well, man, poor people, I, uh, I hope FEMA comes and helps them, I just, or do you say, ah, here's my chance to be the good news, because that's exactly what happened in Manville only days after Irene hit. Word got out at New Brunswick campus that Manville was underwater, and several families who were in a life group came together and said, you know what, we're not going to wait for Washington to help our friends, we're going to be the answer to their prayers, And six of those families totally spontaneously at our New Brunswick campus loaded up their kids into their cars, and they brought Jesus' hands and feet to that hurting community. It was amazing to see how far a little love can go.
2: So what prompted us to come down to Manville was we got a
1: phone call that there was a real uh, desperate need. I was actually feeling a little bit of from the Lord to say, how can our family get involved in missions? And I sent a quick note to uh, Pastor Mike and just said, hey, thinking about this, um, what could this look like maybe in the future? And like within 15 minutes, I had a text back that said, hey, it could look like something like right now.
2: I had never seen anything like it. We all felt compelled to just jump in. With such a big problem and such a big crisis, we felt like, there was some way for our family to get involved with understanding it, seeing it firsthand, but really being able to connect with people in that situation. So for us, I think that really helped spark a vision for our life group to just be more about serving other people.
0: It was really great to be able to serve with my sisters and just pulling up into this neighborhood and it was just a feeling of, oh my gosh, what can
2: I do to help? I just felt anything I could do to help them was just really important. If everybody responds to the call and the need, then, you know, the impact is huge.
1: What did you guys first think, the
2: whole <laughs> concept of the church actually giving you money? You know, I really was struck with the church taking a risk. It's a major risk putting it in my hands, right? It's a lot of trust in everyone's hands. It's sort of putting our money where our mouth is. Do we really trust that God is in each one of us? And if so, that's what the church is saying, we do. You know, God is bigger than liquid. God is bigger than the government. And I think he's big enough to move our hearts to do the right thing. It takes a lot of trust, but I think it's a model for how we need to trust others.
1: What do you think we could do to maybe even double that? K? 5K? Car wash. Car wash. Car wash. Limiting Limiting juice. Juice. You know, when we were here in Manville serving, I heard on more than one occasion, this is a church that I could actually go to. We just bring tons and tons of people down here. And do the same thing. Smiles are contagious. If we put smiles on, on people's faces and then exponentially um, migrate that out, they're going to see something different about church than they've ever seen before. And uh, to me, that's what it's all about. we hear it for that life group? That is incredible. I love it. That's the essence of what it means to follow Jesus Christ, okay? This is the essence of it. See, some of you, you're not actually in a position of need. That's why you were awkward last week, because you realize, you know what, I am rich. Not just spiritually, but materially, you've been blessed. And you know what, you're in a position actually to give. You have the time to invest in helping your neighbors in need. You don't just have time, you have talents. You have money to give to folks who need a fresh injection of hope. And you don't want to just get rich like the rest of the world. You want to be rich as God commands. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and be what? generous, willing to share, the first to help. I was so moved when Pastor Mike called me and told me what those liquid families were doing. He was like, Tim, you gotta come down here and see this. Um, you won't believe the devastation. And, and he was right. I have never seen anything like that. Uh, it was like Beirut. It was just everything to, it was destroyed. I'd never seen that kind of destruction before up close in person. But then he said, Tim, you'll never be more inspired. He said, I'm so proud of these families who took it upon themselves to come and serve. And it was amazing. They helped the Seitzma's neighbors um, you know, gut the sheetrock, haul-rotted insulation debris to the curb. It was amazing. The kids started power washing the neighbor's stuff that was covered in inches and inches of uh, mud. They actually put began uh, giving out food because this is kind of amazing. The Red Cross was on hand, but they ran out of REMs. You know what REMs are? Ready to eat meals. They ran out of meals. So Pastor Mike went up to the Red Cross and said, you know what? These liquid families are having a picnic and they got hot dogs and hamburgers and potato salad and maybe a little beer. And... and uh, <laughs> and the red cross started sending people to the church picnic okay that's a picture of you don't wait on the government you say you know what god has called us to be a part of this and it was amazing because it kind of like they had a block party okay and people started saying what is this like liquid church thing i don't know what it is but man i gotta come that's what it means to be rich when you see others who are struggling and you don't just feel pity or you don't just say like you know well, i'll pray for you you say, you know, I'm going to personally be the answer to your prayer. I'm going to help the hurting. I'm going to feed the hungry. I'm going to bring hope to the homeless. What does Jesus say? Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for who? Me. See, that's the gospel lived out. Guys, in the 21st century, it is not enough to tell the good news. You got to be the good news. Amen? Yeah. The cool part is that the good news spreads quickly. Surprise. And this went viral. I, I love this because this was, this was grassroots. Again, True recovery doesn't come top down, it becomes bottom up. And this life, these life groups, these families had such an impact serving, um, they were blessed, they started to make friendships, and they said, you know what, we got to do this again. So they made plans to come back the following weekend, and, and I said, can I horn in and bring my wife and, and kids down to help? And they are like, sure. And to bring this full circle, I want to show you what kind of impact this had on my little girl, Chase, who is now nine years old. We looked at their neighbor's house, and this is the foundation of their house that caved in. The water pressure was so great, the basement collapsed. And the look on my little girl's face, freeze it right there. Daddy, are we rich? She got her answer that weekend. She had never seen anything like this. And it was amazing because I, she just didn't say anything. She just started picking up with the other kids and helping. And you know what the kids did together? they began walking up and down the street bringing meals to people's homes who were gutting them. They began power washing the personal effects of all the neighbors who were buried under. They began helping demolish, they loved the demolition, the kids. (laughs) Other neighbors' homes, and they said, can can we, It, it was beautiful, it was beautiful. And as a parent, that was my moment where I was just like, this is it, this gospel lived out. And everybody was covered in mud, and we're dead tired at the end of the day, and we piled in our car, and we're driving out of Manville. On the way home, I saw Chase just looking out the window, same thing, looking in the rear view. I said, so what would you think? And she was quiet. She said, it felt kind of bad, but it felt really good to help them. And she said, Daddy, question, yeah? Can we go back? Can we go back next weekend? I said, Chase, you remember when you asked if we were rich? today honey you're being rich in all the things that matter most rich in love rich in compassion rich in good deeds as the bible puts it you know how with kids like you can't tell if they're growing they just kind of shoot up you never see how tall they're growing i swear i saw her heart grow that day i saw it my heart grew that's what the jesus life in you is like It's not manufactured. It's organic. It's the Spirit of God pushing out the seams of your heart. And you see it through the eyes of a child, and you see the hurting world, and you have the love of the Father. That's what Jesus Christ wants to do in your life. He wants to make you rich. It's not about finding security in our stuff. It's about investing ourselves, our time, our talents, our treasure... In serving others as the hands and feet of Christ himself. That's what it means to build His kingdom, guys. That's what he means when he says, store up treasure, true treasure in heaven. Everything we own is headed for the curb. Everything. Faith, hope, and love. These remain. And Paul says in this way, they will lay up what? Treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Translation, it is the best investment you can make this side of heaven. When you invest your heart, your money, your muscle in serving others, the love of Christ just, it flows through you. You come to life, the life that's truly life. Not stale religion, but life to the full. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And so this fall, you have, Liquid Church, three golden opportunities to be rich. New Brunswick is sponsoring a work day actually, in Manville on Saturday, October 22nd. They're going to have a work day because it's a, there's still a number of things that need to be cleaned out with their neighbors, and then host a block party, basically. Because some of those guys are not going to rebuild. They're going to be relocating, but their kids are in school. The hurricane hit an awful time. We're going to host a block party barbecue, and we're just going to have some music, and we're going to have food and face painting for the kids and all that, and just love on the kids and serve the neighbors. Secondly, Market Street Mission. I told you about this last week for folks in our Morristown campus. We're going to renovate their true strength transitional housing facility. We are basically going to gut the place from plumbing to painting. We're going to do an overhaul, washer, dryer, kitchen stove, sink, you name it. We're going to renovate it and we're going to make it even better than before. That work day in Morristown is actually on November 5th. Our third outreach is going to be spearheaded by our Nutley campus. Can we all say hello and thumbs up and clap for our friends, the Nutters? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not the best nickname. I'll just acknowledge that. We love you guys. We're excited about you guys leading us because we're partnering with a a fantastic ministry called the Relief Bus, where we basically take these retrofitted school buses out into the streets of Patterson, New Jersey, to feed the homeless. As you may know, Patterson was slammed by Hurricane Irene. The Passaic River overran its banks. The falls overflowed. Many of the city's poor were flooded out. The flooding was so devastating, they even got President Obama's attention. Obviously, visiting Wayne, visiting Patterson, uh, many of these surrounding communities gives you a sense of the devastation that's taken place. Again, we ain't waiting on the President. We're not waiting on Washington, because the people of Patterson need help now. And so we're basically going to adopt a bus for six Saturday nights this fall. We are going to actually man those buses with our life group and go out onto the streets to serve people soup and bread, hot drinks, pray with them, because the bus is a mobile resource center that connects people to shelters, to medical care, job training, recovery programs. Okay, so the relief bus is amazing. Those are the three ways you have a chance to be rich this fall. I hope you will sign up to serve with your life group. We are serving in groups this fall, because we believe that's how you have the biggest impact. This was originally started virally by one, by a few of our life groups, and we just want to see that go in, in the group. So t- this week, if you're a leader, make sure you're talking about that with your group. How are we going to invest ourselves? Maybe you're going to pull your money again together and think about how creative ways to make that grow and invest that. Uh, Colleen and I lead a, a life group on Tuesdays. Ours is actually going to, we're going to do the relief bus uh, and help with the, with the mission. My question is, what's your group going to do? Now, if you're here today and you're like, but I want to serve, I'm not in a group. It's okay, don't freak out. Just go to liquidchurch.com and sign up, and what we'll do is hook you up with a life group that's scheduled to serve. This way, two things happen. You're actually going to get a taste of life group and see what that's like. Is it freaky or actually the normal people? They're normal. You're going to meet new friends, make new friends in the best context. Serving. Serving. When you roll up your sleeves and you serve and wash feet together, something happens. So this is your chance to invest your muscle and a chance, candidly, to invest your money. Last week, we gave away $30,000. And the idea is for many of you who aren't in need to creatively invest this money and return it in this envelope by October 16th. And together, we're going to donate that to these three outreaches, to renovate the mission in in Morristown, feed the homeless in Patterson, and bring relief to our neighbors in Manville. So bring your envelope back by by October 16th, because as a church, we're going to invest an additional $60,000 in these three outreach projects this fall. And you know why? It ain't because we're a rich church, but because we want to be rich, as the Bible commands. Amen? Who's ready to serve this fall? Liquid Church? Anybody? Can I hear it? We're going to do this, guys. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. We're gonna, you're not going to tell the good news. You're going to be the good news. And folks, you've got to start acting like rich people, because you are. Amen? Let's pray together and ask God to put his power behind these projects, all right? Father God, we are, um, we're humbled because we're starting to see the need in our world, God. And this series has been called Broke, and it's not just economic, Father. Some of this breaks our heart. So, Father, break our heart with what breaks yours. God, I praise you for those families in New Brunswick who rose up, Father, spontaneously and said, we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Lord, may we follow those leaders to the front lines this fall. Would you just unleash a radical wave of generosity, God, in this church? Radical giving of time, radical giving of muscle, radical giving of our talents, our money. Just take it all, God. It's all yours. But I thank you for giving it to us to invest in your kingdom. Lord, bless our neighbors right now who are hurt and struggling as we put our arms around them. We thank you for first coming for us in our moment of need. Jesus, that you became poor so that we might become rich. We give you all the glory that comes from this. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.